Thank you, Pastor Katie. During this season of Lent, we have been um, trying to give up bad things. Bad things like bad character traits, bad approaches to life, bad responses to life, as opposed to other things that typically we give up for Lent, like chocolate. Um, Today, we're going to talk about giving up the Joneses for Lent. We're going to go to the book of James, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 for our text this morning. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not, (coughs) excuse me, sorry friends, it's the pollen. (coughs) You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your own pleasures. Adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is for nothing that the scripture says God yearns jealousy for the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives all the more grace. Therefore it says, God opposed the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that we would have the ability to hear whatever it is you would have us to hear this day. May we receive it with clarity. May your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. I've been reading a book lately recommended by a couple of our parishioners called The Man Who Moved a Mountain. It's about a mountain preacher who is doing some work in uh, one part of Virginia that I'm quite familiar with, Floyd County, Virginia, and he's doing this work around the turn of the 20th century on a mountain called Buffalo Mountain. Uh, My family has called that that area home for many generations, and some of my family still calls Floyd County home. I came across a chapter this week in this uh, rather intriguing book where uh, there were schools being opened on Buffalo Mountain, and they were being opened because of this mountain preacher's efforts. It made mention about how curious and peculiar some of the little children's names were up on that mountain back then. You've got to think, the mountain's very remote, very uncivilized at this point in time in history, and so the children, uh, they end up having some rather interesting names. One girl stood before the mountain preacher and said to him, my name is Gentle Dove. That's very pretty, he said. Now, tell me your real name. Her little lip trembled. And she repeated, it's Gentle Dove. That's my onlyest name. 
The preacher, humbled by this moment, gave the child a little pat on the head and asked if the, the little boy beside her was her brother. Yes, sir, she said with excitement. And his onlyest name is Jesus Christ. The two children became known there at the school as Dovey and Jackie. Speaking of the creative naming of children, there once was a mother, Mother Jones, they called her. And Mother Jones had two children. One was named Accumulation Jones, and the other, Perfection Jones. The Jones children, as the old saying goes, were as thick as thieves. The two of them went together, as the great Alabama prophet Forrest Gump would say, like peas and carrots. Accumulation fed off perfection, and perfection fed off accumulation. And much like Forrest Gump, the Joneses were fast. People from every corner of the country did their very best to try to keep up with the Joneses. Yet the Joneses could never be caught. You see, not only did the Joneses move at a rapid pace, making it hard for people to keep up with them, but they were also sly. They found ways to trip up the people who were trying to keep up with the Joneses. Accumulation Jones was particularly good at tripping up people when it came to confusing their wants and their needs. It's said that Accumulation Jones played a big hand in the ways in which marketing giants transformed our culture from a needs one to a wants one. It was probably Accumulation Jones who influenced Lehman Marcus banking guru Paul Mazur who once said, we must shift America from a needs to a desires culture. People must be trained to desire, to want things, even before the old things have been entirely consumed. A person's desires must overshadow their needs. It's because of the quick craftiness of Accumulation Jones that now when we go to the store, everything's not in the back like it used to be. Now in our giant stores, everything is out for us to see. No longer do we go to the store with the list and come out with the things that were actually on the list. Now we go and all the stuff is there before us. And there we discover an untold number of things that we didn't even know existed, but now we just have to have. Or, making matters worse, for those who are trying to keep up with the Joneses, we can now be marketed to through the internet. We make the mistake of just that one time clicking on that ad. And now, every time that we log into our social media, or every time we scroll through the internet, there are hundreds of ads directed toward us and our searching and buying trends. Sometimes it's true, and you know this, all you have to do is just think about a thing. And the next day, there is the ad. Accumulation Jones and his buddies want us to believe that we need all this stuff. Something you don't like about yourself? 
get some stuff. Something you don't like about your partner, get some stuff. Something you don't like about your home, we got stuff. Look at what your neighbor just bought. Covet it. Get it. Go ahead, get two, three if you must. But do not let your neighbor have something that you do not have. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, Accumulation Jones and his friends want you to get all the stuff so that you will be so weighed down by it, you can never, ever keep up with the Joneses. Trying to keep up with the Joneses will always lead to you being weighed down, tripped up, and unfulfilled. Remember, though, how I said that Accumulation Jones and Perfection Jones were like peas and carrots, each feeding off of the other as they speedily lead us through our journey of life? Well, another reason why Accumulation Jones is so hard to keep up with is because it is Perfection Jones who is setting the pace. Perfection Jones sets up the pace in this race to keep up with the Joneses. And oh, Perfection She's just as sly as accumulation, if not more. As you're running the race of life trying to keep pace, Perfection Jones makes you believe that everything must be immaculate. Everything must be clean, neat, flawless, perfect. On the track that Perfection Jones runs, there are no mud puddles. There are no ditches. There are no rough spots in the road. And as we try to keep up, for some reason, we continue to find ourselves covered in mess. Why is that? Well, it's because life is messy. It's not perfect. But Perfection Jones, she just keeps going. She never gets tired. She never gets injured. Perfection Jones has unbelievable superhuman stamina and might. And we try to keep up, but we continue to find ourselves hurt, overwhelmed, wounded. And why is that? Because we, we reside in these bodies that are, are, are prone to being broken. And it is okay for us to be in a life that is messy and in bodies that tend to be broken. It's a part of the human condition. But so it seems, so is wanting to keep up with the Joneses. So it's always constant disappointment. Now hear me out. This is important. Here is where the Joneses work together in the most cunning of ways. Perfection Jones sets the pace and the precedent that everything must be flawless, shiny, and new. Accumulation Jones runs along reminding all who follow that there is plenty of shiny and new to be had. If something breaks, you buy a new one. It's that simple. 
If something breaks, you get a new one and you throw the old away. Yet as we drudge along in this rat race themed life, we are constantly reminded of our brokenness. As we watch the Joneses trot off into the distance day after day after day, we are reminded of our brokenness. So if we are broken and the Joneses tell us that our brokenness is bad and that brokenness is only uh, something that is to be discarded, then, then what do we do with ourselves? What happens when we're talking about ourselves and not our stuff? The Joneses would say, well, just get you some more new and shiny things to take away the pain. If only for a day. Fill yourself up with feel-good goods. There's a difference between being filled and fulfilled. In his book, Life is Messy, which is another parishioner loan book, Matthew Kelly makes mention of a Japanese art form called kintsugi. It is a beautiful form of ceramics. In our culture, if we break a plate or a bowl, we go to Walmart or Amazon and we get another one. With kintsugi, things work differently. Here's how Kelly describes the process. When a vase or a bowl or a cup is broken, artists gather up the broken pieces and they glue them back together. Though it is how they put them back together that is steeped in wisdom and beauty. They mix gold in with the glue. They don't try to hide the cracks. They own them, honor them, and even accentuate them by making them golden. They celebrate the cracks as part of their story. There is no replacement there is no concealment. There is no pretending that life is not full of messiness and brokenness. It is through the acknowledgement of the brokenness and the putting back together of broken things in a way that doesn't minimize or try to hide the fact that things are broken that the art becomes the most beautiful version of itself. What once was just another bowl is now something unique, one of a kind, beautifully broken, skillfully put back together. In the muck of the mess that is life, wounds cannot begin to heal if everything is moving at a fast pace, trying to keep up with the Joneses. That approach to life only creates more wounds that need healing. This Lent, give up keeping up with the Joneses. Remember, there is a profound beauty and brokenness that cannot be bought and sold. And the beauty exists not in trying to hide the wound, but in the honest recognition that the wound exists. And it in itself is beautiful because it exists. Don't believe me? 
Soon, Easter is coming. The wounded healer rises. Scars, wounds, present, invisible. What was it that he said? Here, touch my hand. See where the nails were? Put your hand into my side. Wounded. Broken. Beautiful. And just like that, on a cross, the one true God accumulated all of humanity in a way that is strangely perfect. If you want to run anywhere this season, gather up your brokenness and run to the cross. You never know. The Joneses, they may be there too but they will not be the ones who transform your brokenness into beauty. It will be the one who is hanging there. And it is the one who is hanging there who calls you beloved. Beloved, that is your onlyest name. Let us pray. God, help us to continue to repent from these ways of being, these ways of responding to life that are not not good for us. Help us to live into our identity as beloved. We pray this in the name of the one who was hanging there. And all God's people say, amen.